0: Sly a fox, coach it in pop, give him his props Here is a thot, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try Careful with the news, but when you use a take I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire Because anyone else is a huge mistake Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy fantasy round table Yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown baby Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy fantasy round table Whoa, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown baby Go
1: What is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is Wednesday I don't know why I was about to say Thursday it is Wednesday October twenty seventh. Is- we are going to preview the Thursday night football game between the Cardinals and the Packers we're going to recap the Monday night football game between the Seahawks and the Saints we'll talk a little bit of rankings some players who may be traded at the trade deadline next week um and then that will be it so before we jump into that matt how you doing on this beautiful wednesday
2: i'm hanging in there we uh, we got blitzed with a nice huge storm uh last night i started feeling medium mediumly poor so i got to take one of those fun nasal swab tests where you know they test they go back to test your brain stem i'm pretty sure yeah. uh, and then uh I'm like you, uh, you know, I would be happy if it was Thursday, that much closer to the weekend, right? Wow. Uh, Big trade just went down. Mark Ingram.
1: I don't know. I guess I don't know. Well, see, it
2: it was on the list. Texans running backs. They said they were looking at dealing one of them
1: uh well with the tweet that just came out from another Texans player I'm not 100% sure he's gonna be the only one on the move uh but okay we'll get we'll jump into that in a minute we'll discuss a possible Brandon Cooks being moved as well here from uh he just tweeted out a excuse the language this is bullshit and I don't know if that's because of the Mark Ingram trade or if something's about to happen with uh, Brandon Cooks but before we get into that we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at Net on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN, which we all tag as we go live or whenever we put our stuff up. Uh, We are, are proud to be a part of that network. It's been a lot of fun so far, so definitely check them out. Before we get into the trade stuff, we did have a game Monday night that we have yet to talk about. And that was the Saints winning 13-10 against the Seahawks. The Saints are now 4-2, and Michael Thomas could play this week. Matt, is this team in the running for
2: the playoffs? You know, they, they definitely are a little bit better than, than maybe I thought they would be record-wise, but I don't know if the product on the field has been great. Um, the passing game pretty much on Monday night was all Alvin Kamara uh, having Michael Thomas back should help. He's gotten some run with Mark West Callaway. I think uh, Monday's game was actually the first time we've seen Trae Smith all, all season. So they might be getting healthier. Their game against the Buccaneers on Sunday will probably give us a better impression of where they're at, but at forum Two, um, they certainly are in the mix. That division suddenly became more competitive in a different way than we thought. Carolina has slumped a little bit. Atlanta, uh, don't look down, but they're back, I believe, 500, um, trying to, to move their way up. So it's Tampa Bay, and then it's a whole bunch of other people, and it feels like that's the NFC. There's like four or five teams that are right at the cream of, uh, of the crop, and then there's going to be that soft middle of like, could be a seven or eight teams fighting for two spots.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see why not. I mean, they're four and two. They're definitely in a hunt for it right now. I mean, Winston has... Not been playing as horrible as he did after that first game. He he did not play great those two two games after that. Has looked a little bit better. Kamara's been fantastic. That defense is starting to look a little bit better as well. So that's be that'll be huge. I'm very interested to see what it looks like having Michael Thomas back on that team. You know, he definitely gives Winston a much better target than he's had so far this season outside of Kamara. So I definitely think they're in the hunt. You know, we've talked a lot about it. The the AFC is looking really good. The NFC you know, we could see some teams like sub 500 getting in, in the NFC. So it's definitely, I mean, the bears are still technically in it and they're not playing well. It's the NFC, you know, the past couple of years, I feel like the NFC has been much tougher. It seems to be that down year for the NFC while the AFC is taking that step up. So I definitely think the, the saints are still in it. They're probably not winning the division with as good as Tampa Bay has been, but one of those wild card spots, I, I definitely think is in the cards for them. The Seahawks are two and five and Wilson is out for at least a few more weeks. What are we doing here with Seattle?
2: Yeah, it's pretty tough. You know, we talked about DK Metcalf all he needs is one play to make your day, and that's pretty much the only thing he got on on Monday night. He got one for 84 and a touchdown early on, and then I think it was all the way until the middle of the fourth quarter before they even looked for him again. The running game doesn't look great. Geno Smith is a dicey proposition, even in Superflex, and Tyler Lockett has all but disappeared. More concerning has to be, we talked about how wide open that NFC could be. They're still two and five. And if they keep continuing to drop games, I think they play the Jaguars this week. I haven't exactly memorized week eight, but I'm pretty sure it was Jaguars. That could be a winnable game, but you start losing some of those as well. You know, We've talked about before. Do Russell Wilson and Chris Carson come back off IAR if this team is two and seven? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I've been saying here for weeks that I'd be surprised if he comes back. They do get the Jaguars this uh, this week. I, I mean, we heard the rumors. I don't know that he ever actually officially requested a trade this past off season, but there were a lot of rumors around it. Usually where there's that much smoke, there's some kind of fire. And then we did see, and I, I truly believe that Jay Glazer is one of the most plugged in people in the NFL. And for him to come out, I want to say it was at least two weeks ago and said that Russell Wilson is 1000% requesting a trade in the off season. I don't know that he rushes back, especially like you said, if, if they're sitting here at two and seven in a couple weeks, there's no reason for him to rush back. What it what he doesn't have to prove anything. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Someone I mean, we're literally about to talk about someone possibly trading for Sean Watson. Russell Wilson's done it longer. He's won a Super Bowl and he doesn't come with some of those off-field issues. I don't I I don't think there's any team that's not going to be willing to trade for him in his contract if they're willing to do it for Watson.
2: And it was telling to me that you know, in the past, Pete Carroll's been pretty laissez-faire about Russell Wilson, but he said something like, if, if I didn't have Russell Wilson, I wouldn't still be employed here. Yeah. Which kind of tells you that that feels like the kind of thing that they do when they think there's tension or a possibility of having an issue that you're trying to yeah. make them know how much they're appreciated. So I would put some credence to what they're talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, just looking at their schedule there's not a lot of winnable games on here for them. I mean, yes, the Jaguars, probably a winnable game. I I wouldn't say it's like set in stone. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't say it's set in stone. But if you're talking about, let's just say, let's just say Russell's going to be out for another three weeks. So Jaguars, it's winnable, but not a guarantee. Packers is definitely not, in my opinion, not winnable. Arizona, they could still be undefeated at this point coming into Seattle. Washington, that's probably a winnable game. I might give them a slight edge in that one, especially because the defense has been playing well. Then 49ers, Texans, probably I put both of those on the same thing. Then if you're talking about getting Russ back, okay. But then you get Rams, Bears, Lions, Cardinals. The Lions is the only one in that mix I'd say is winnable. Like the Bears, granted, the offense hasn't been good, but that defense has been really good. You're talking about Russ coming back from an injury. I I don't know. I I still – I'm. He's probably going to come back because Russell Wilson doesn't seem like that kind of player who's just going to sit. He's a gamer. I do think he's going to come back and play, but I don't think there's going to be much left of, of the Seattle season by the time he comes back. I think it's just going to be him coming back to play because he loves the game of football, I guess, at that point.
2: I mean, mostly, for most of us preseason thought they would be 8-9, 9-8, and nine, nine and even with Russell Wilson. So it's yeah. not that incredibly big of a surprise that they'd be sliding down without
1: him. Yeah, I don't even think I had him at that. I think I had him at like six or seven wins. I know I had him last in the division. Of course, I had the 49ers winning it, and that's not looking problem. No, I had the Rams winning it, but the 49ers, I think, were right there.
2: That's not looking problem. I thought the 49ers would be a playoff team too, but. uh...
1: Kyle shenanigans, man. Kyle shenanigans. He's just, uh, he's messing everything up there. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this. So the trade deadline is next Tuesday, correct? Yep, November 2nd, so, yeah. So we will have a lot to talk about on Wednesday's show next week. We've got a couple players here who might be on the move. Um, I, I was listening a lot to SiriusXM this morning. They were talking, they don't think there's going to be a lot of moves. The past couple years, we've seen a lot of moves in the NFL. Doesn't seem like we may get that. Let's save the big name for last, because I feel like we're going to have to dive deep into that. So talking, we were just talking about the Chicago Bears. Now the defense has been good, but that offense hasn't. Allen Robinson, he's on a uh, franchise tag. David Montgomery, who I point put out a tweet earlier today. You know he's don't get me wrong, phenomenal last year at the end of the season, right, and the start of this season. But if you actually go look at like the advanced stats, Khalil Herbert's stats are better in what he's done in two games than what David Montgomery did earlier this season. Next year is the final year on his on his deal. Do you think that the Bears move Robinson or David Montgomery? I mean, they are still technically in the playoff race, but I think it's fair to say with the way their team looks, they probably don't have high hopes that they're going to
2: make the playoffs. Yeah, which is funny because we felt like making the playoffs was probably the only thing that would save uh, Matt Nagy's job. They went to fields. So I don't know if he gets if they end up giving him a pass because he's developing the quarterback. Even though you and I don't really feel like that development is all it's cracked up to be. They were th- they're they're only three and four. We did just talk about where the NFC is at, but they aren't playing very well. David Montgomery is an interesting situation. I would tend to think they won't move him because. Running backs on rookie deals are a cheap commodity, and you can never have too many running backs because you go through them quite frequently. Um, my thought is they probably, for the rest of this season, then next year, they would be happy to have him and Herbert and then not have to carry like a, a veteran like Damian Williams or a Tariq Cohen, who it's it feels like it's been a dog's age since we saw that guy actually healthy enough to play. Allen Robinson, a little bit different. It seemed like it was... Not great negotiations toward a long term deal this offseason, and he has been a complete non factor in the offense, which has to give everyone in Chicago pause because even with mediocre quarterback play in the past, Alan Robinson has done his thing and really powered that offense. I could more easily see him moving, especially you know, we haven't heard any huge rumblings, but I could see him having expressed some dissatisfaction and then just deciding. It's Darnell Mooney time where the passing game is irrelevant because that seems to have been Justin Fields' approach the last few games.
1: Yeah, I'd be curious to see if Allen Robinson gets moved. I feel like he's actually done the opposite, right? Like He just came out, I think, earlier today and said that he feels like the connection with him and Fields isn't there because Fields didn't get any reps in preseason, and he feels like that's what's affecting him. I wouldn't be surprised if they move him because they do have him on a franchise tag. It really seemed like last year and this offseason – The talks were not really progressing on him getting a new deal. He seemed to want to stay in Chicago. They did not seem to want to sign him. I don't know at this point why you would keep him. It's probably best to move him to a contender because you'll get something. You may not get like a massive deal for him, but he's still not. He's just in fantasy circles. in The NFL circles widely considered one of the better wide receivers in the league.
2: We make jokes though that the salary caps are relevant, and maybe that's true. And I guess we'll find out the trade deadline. But uh, part of me does wonder. You know, we saw the cap notably come down. That's why a lot of people who were on the market had to take one year team friendly deals. That could be an impediment towards some of these things moving. You know, I I don't know how much compensation they're possibly going to try to ask for for Robinson because it seems like they're you know there's some high price players on this list that are probably at the uh, well publicized end with their team but it's can you find a team that can absorb that cap
1: hit i'm trying to see how that um how that affects a player can you trade okay it's all all I was talking about was before the tender yeah that that definitely could be a, a factor in it because I, what is he making? I don't I don't know what the franchise tag is for a wide receiver off the top of my head. I'm, have to look. I it's think like, it was
2: close to 20 or something. But you I was going 18 million. You can trade franchise tag players once they've signed their tag. That was the big thing with Le'Veon Bell. People thought he was going to get traded when he was tagged with the Steelers, but he would have had to sign the franchise tag with the Steelers.
1: Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I, I was trying to figure out, because I'm, I imagine that the, the Bears could, like, eat some of the salary, and they might do, I know the Browns did that a couple years ago with the Brock Osweiler thing, to get a better pick, maybe the Bears do that, if they get, about it, try to get a about $18 million
2: pick. for Allen Robinson, um, so, but, and you're also, you are right that we're talking about middle of the season, they usually pay it yeah. out per game, so it's not like you have to eat the
0: whole thing.
1: So it, it'll be interesting. I think he's probably more likely than David Montgomery, and I say that because I think they probably keep David for one year, especially because we, as you just mentioned, we don't even know when Tariq Cohen's coming back. Like, I, and that's why I was I was pumping. Yeah, that's why I was pumping up Khalil Herbert so much. Like everybody kept talking. About, I saw I got into an argument, not really an argument, but I disagreed with someone on Twitter because they were like, "Well, you're you're telling us to pick up Khalil Herbert. Tariq Cohen can come back in a week." I'm like, "But has anybody heard if Tariq Cohen's even?" okay. Like I have not seen one bit of positive news about Tariq Cohen.
2: Yeah. So uh, just as recently as October 21st, the Cubs fan site says no health updates offered on Tariq Cohen. He was on PUP to start the season. um, So technically he could have come back. Uh, So they asked Matt Nagy if he was close to returning and he said, you know, I think that he's very similar to where he's been at. The only thing I can say is he works hard. I can see him every single day. He's trying to do everything he can. So I appreciate him. That was on October 20th. That's not the kind of comment that makes you think
1: they're yeah, coming right. back. That That's not a, yeah, he'll be here in a couple of weeks kind of comment. That makes it sound like he's nowhere close.
2: Makes so it sound I, like I, it's I, a child he might see next Christmas.
1: Yeah, like I... I then that's why I think they won't trade Montgomery, at least this year, because we don't know that Cohen will be back at all this year. You know, Damian Williams and Herbert have been good. Don't get me wrong on that. But Montgomery is likely coming back in a couple weeks if they want to try and make that playoff push, because I do think Nagy and them are still coaching for their jobs. They probably want to keep as much of those pieces around, because I don't necessarily think that Pace is guaranteed his job back either. So... We'll see. I think Robinson is probably more likely than Montgomery, but I would not be surprised if Montgomery is moved in the off season. Your Denver Broncos, you've got a couple guys on this list, Vaughn Miller, Kyle Fuller, and Melvin Gordon. I'll just let you take the floor on this one because I've got no temperature here or at all or feeling on what, what may happen with them.
2: Yeah. So these are all veterans who were in the last year um, of a deal who are not expected to be back. Kyle Fuller, in his case, He signed a one-year deal. He got demoted um, because of his play, and now that Ronald Darby is back, Fuller has only seen two snaps in the last two games. They are aggressively trying to move him. I would be surprised if he doesn't move, just given the state of cornerback, you know, the Packers are a contender, Jair Alexander, when they put him on IR, as we'll talk about, they said he may come back this season, not even a guarantee. Tampa Bay has basically no corners. If a team can figure out how to make the money work, I think think Fuller's going somewhere because he probably can still contribute. Vaughn breaks my heart a little bit. He said he would love to retire as a Bronco. I think they're looking at rebuilding after this season, and I would—I don't say it's high chance he gets moved, but I think there is a chance. Melvin Gordon is probably the most interesting because Javante Williams has looked good. I think they want to give Javante Williams a bit bigger workload. They want to look to the future. Melvin Gordon is still a decent veteran that could help a team that needs a running back. You know, if he was on Baltimore, I think that would instantly improve their situation. There's a couple places that he could go. I, so I think the most likely is Fuller next most likely is Gordon.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to say Baltimore makes obviously a ton of sense for for Gordon if, if he could go there because it's really going to help. No, and I don't think that Baltimore would have to pay that much to get him either at this point. I think with, no, just with Denver, contract. yeah, just eat that, maybe throw in like a fifth or sixth round pick and just kind of yeah. call it a day. So, yeah, could, definitely could be. I was trying to think if there's – any. I mean, maybe uh, Carolina's not really in it. I was trying to think of other places that running backs were kind of – I mean, they are three and four, but I don't – I, don't well, think this is, make that I mean, these are all
2: guys that Denver doesn't have great leverage on because they're all you know, on expiring contracts and it's pretty well known that, you know, they're not coming back.
1: Yeah. All right. Next up, and I'm going to pair somebody else with this. Uh, we've there have been rumors that the Buccaneers might move on from Ronald Jones. We know Bruce Arians kind of laughs those off. Do you think that they will move him? And do you think that they will move OJ Howard? Who's a guy we talked a lot about last season, possibly getting traded, gets injured. He is back now. Not really doing much though. They still got Gronk Bray. You think that OJ Howard could be moved as well?
2: I think they'd happily move OJ Howard. I don't think OJ Howard has demonstrated enough coming back from a pretty big injury. He ruptured his Achilles. I'm pretty sure, um, for somebody to really take a big swing on that. Um, because I think he's in that that uh, fifth-year option on a rookie deal where the, the pay escalates a little bit. I'm just not sure how much, too, he can provide to a team or what contenders really – are decimated at tight end and looking to make a move there ronald jones would be an interesting one he's another guy that like if a baltimore was to grab him he could fill probably a lot of needs because he may not be an incredible pass catcher but they're looking for somebody to ground and pound so that they don't pound the life out of lamar jackson i personally don't think tampa bay feels any sense of urgency to move Ronald Jones because he's great protection for them in their backfield if something happens to Fournette and it doesn't really cost them much to leave him on the bench. They're thinking Super Bowl. They're not really concerned about the future. He's probably gone after this year, but for Super Bowl contenders, having depth is the greatest luxury.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly why I think Aaron's probably was laughing it off the way that he did is because we don't need exactly what you said. We don't need to get They don't really need to get rid of OJ Howard either because he's a good tight end. And if Gronk or we already know Gronk's been hurt, he's been dealing with injuries all this year. If Gronk or Brett end up missing significant time, it's like, well, hey, we can just plug OJ Howard in. Cornet goes down. We can plug Ronald Jones in. So, I would love to see Ronald Jones get traded because I still think he has a lot of talent. He's just never really been given the opportunity in Tampa Bay. I mean, he has at times and not necessarily run away with it. He's definitely not the RB one I thought he could be. But I definitely think if he gets a, a change of scenery. And again, I Baltimore actually scheme fit wise as well, I think would be great for Ronald Jones the running backs for the Texans. So as we were setting this up, Mark Ingram got traded back to the saints. So good for him getting to go back home a little bit, help out with Alvin Kamara. Uh, Let's, let's get your thoughts on that first and then we'll touch on if we think any of these other guys move.
2: Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. They, they, They have liked to pair Kamara with a big bruising back. At one point, it was Ingram. Then they had Latavius Murray for a couple seasons. I think they thought Tony Jones might be able to do it, and then he got hurt. They're obviously thin. They want to hedge against Kamara getting injured, and their offense is starting to pick back up. Their defense has been good, and like you said, they've done enough to hang around that playoff picture. That feels like a pretty safe move for contender.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we know that he's fit well in that offense before playing there. I, I, I'm almost positive when he left there, he he never really wanted to leave. He talked about how much he loved playing in New Orleans. Him and Kamara were a dynamic duo. Now, I don't think Ingram is the same Ingram that left there, obviously, uh, but I think he can be really good for that team. I don't know now that they moved Ingram that they necessarily will move Lindsey. <laughs>
2: No, and he's on a pretty friendly contract. Maybe David Johnson, maybe a – well, Rex Burkhead hasn't done enough for, to make anybody care, but maybe what it really does is gives us a chance to see either Johnson or Lindsey be enough to be fantasy relevant because they had been feeding all three of them kind of a menial amount of targets, and it's it's been pretty desperate. I think getting Tyrod back will help a little bit, but I'll be more curious, the other – potential one that could move there is Cooks. And so if you lost a Brandon Cooks and a Mark Ingram, then you're kind of back to what are we offering in terms of wide receivers? And then try, I guess, David Johnson becomes wide receiver one.
1: Yeah. What's going to be interesting is, and I'm trying to look, because I remember Brandon Cooks saying he does not want to leave.
2: Oh, he said, but see, that was before. When he got traded the last time from the Rams to Houston, he said he would just assume retire. He wouldn't accept another trade. But that's when he was going into a situation with Deshaun Watson. They seemed to be getting something going. Now, Houston's in a very different situation. I had wondered preseason whether he felt the same way. And it seems like he was pretty vocal in the tweet after seemingly timed after Mark Ingram's trade announcement. He, you know, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that wants to sit there for a long-term rebuild. He's a veteran who's been on contending teams and been in Super Bowls the last five years.
1: Yeah, I was looking to see he does not have a no-trade clause, so he doesn't really have a choice. And I guess he could just say he's going to retire if they trade him, but he doesn't have a no-trade clause. So I, I, I don't see why they wouldn't move him. I mean, obviously, we'll just talk about the next guy here since we're talking about the Texans. There's rumors swirling that Deshaun Watson's going to be moved by Tuesday. It seems the most likely place is going to be the Dolphins. I just heard this morning they were saying Stephen Ross has signed off on it, but they want to know more about the situation. It sounds like it will be three first-round picks. Your thought.
2: Yeah, and interestingly enough, they said they've had the framework of a deal in place for his civil cases for a long time, but Watson has not wanted to sign it because he doesn't want to sign an NDA. I also reported that the Dolphins don't want to execute the trade unless he settles that, because I think if he settles the civil one, the criminal complaints will will go away. Yeah. Kind of curious. You know that would almost make it sound like it's all in Deshaun Watson's hands if he was willing to do what was asked. He could uh, settle a lawsuit, move out, and and start fresh. Does make me curious what's going on. Miami seems like a likely one. Carolina, I wouldn't rule them out either. Uh, they say well, all the nice things about Darnold, but
1: Te- uh, Tepper came out today and said that they are not making a move for Watson. And I don't think he would come out and say that if if that, like, I think they would just not say anything. I think Tepper has been very big, especially after the ousting of Jerry Richardson with what happened there with the, the sexual misconduct. He's been very um, upfront, not that like other people haven't, but he's been very upfront about like a proponent for women in the workplace and everything. So I think that maybe Watson... Guilty or not, because we don't know. He's been accused. You are innocent until proven guilty in America. That I think maybe that's just a look he doesn't want. Uh, he, you know, coming from that Steelers organization, I think he just likes to run his his organization a certain way. I believe him when he says he doesn't. He, they're not making a move for Watson. So, and he so, didn't say anything about Darnold in that statement either. It was just a "We're not making a move for Watson" thing. So.
2: So I feel like still the odds of this trade happening before Tuesday are 50-50 at best. My other question would be if Deshaun Watson settles the civil case and there is a disposition, the NFL has consistently said they won't consider whether to punish him or not or whether he's eligible for punishment until the, the legal portion is resolved. Would a settlement, which... I don't think there's any way to look at a settlement other than a possible admission of guilt or an admission that you weren't sure you were going to win. Yeah. Would that trigger, you know, maybe that's why Miami wants the legal thing to be settled so that they can get the NFL to answer an up and down question like, did we just trade three first for a guy who's now getting an eight game suspension with eight games left in the season? So I'm,
1: I can't remember exactly what was saying. I wish I would have looked it up. Cause Steven Ross apparently reached out to Roger Goodell about that and said, we don't want to make this deal until we can get like a more clear picture of what's going to happen. Roger Goodell made it sound like he will not be going on the exempt list. So at least that part of it's good, but he did not say anything about what you just mentioned in suspensions. Yeah. So I'd be curious to find out what happens with that. I I still think if you're, if you're Ross, if you really, and, and the dolphins, if you really want, watson then you still just make the deal even if he's going to be out this year because let's just be honest it'd be completely different if you were sitting at six and one and not one and six you're not yeah. making the playoffs if you're sitting at six to one i'm not making that trade because you have a shot at the playoffs and you're, you're and that's the other thing all the talk is they're not even adding Tua into this deal so if you make oh. this deal you still have Tua on your roster play out the year you get watson next year see what happens even if you were in the playoff race so I, I don't see the downside to it outside of if you're gonna have him possibly suspended. You're gonna end up paying him. Yeah. He's gonna be suspended for eight games. Okay, your team is worthless right now. Not just worth your team is not making the playoffs right now. If you really want Watson to be the QB of your future, then make the trade. If he's suspended for eight games, even better for you because you're not going anywhere this year. Take the suspension this year. You get him start off next season, start fresh, move forward. If, obviously, you just said it's 50-50, so let's say that it does happen. What happens with Tua? Uh,
2: I think they move him, probably, to try to get a a first back.
1: You think they move him this year or wait till the offseason? Because, I mean, if they move him this year...
2: So if it's a deadline day deal for for Watson and them not knowing whether they're getting Watson, I, I think... They probably have to hedge. I think he ends up getting moved, probably in the off season. Because
1: I mean, they could, I guess, roll with Jacoby Brissett. They've already done it a couple times this uh, this year with the Tua injury. So I'd be interested. You know, I know Tua Tua quoted was quoted earlier today saying, "I don't feel like they want me." You know, as much as I've said, I I did not think he was going to be a. I shouldn't say a great quarter. I thought he was going to be good. I did not think he was going to be as good as some people were building him up to be. I, I had said that I thought Justin Herbert was going to be the best. I don't think I've been proven wrong on that fact. I will say I don't think Tua is a bad wide receiver. He's not. Tua is a wide receiver. My quarter, goodness, he quarterback. quarterback. He is a very good quarterback. I think someone should still trade for him. I actually would kind of like to see him go to like a team like Washington, maybe who who maybe is really kind of just a quarterback away. If they do make the move, I think someone's going to pay up and get to for to get to. A, and I think better for him. I, maybe right now with everything going on in Miami, he just needs a change of scenery as well. Last but not least, before we jump into some other stuff here, Evan Ingram. Uh, you know, he is obviously had that amazing rookie season with the Giants, and then really has just struggled with injuries and failed to flash since then. Do you think the Giants move on from him?
2: I think the Giants move on from him. I don't think they end up getting him traded because if I'm another team that thinks he might be worth a reboot project, that's something I'm taking on in the offseason at a more cap-friendly deal. Because Ingram, even in weeks where the Giants have not had any other receivers, I mean, Dante Pettis came back from the dead and caught a touchdown last week. Ingram's nowhere to be seen.
1: All right. All right where um where's the best place to go to get some help from a hall of famer if you're if you're you know sitting at four and two five and one wait no we're it's week seven so four and two wouldn't cut it sorry we had a whole issue with fan tracks the other day where they deleted a whole week and we were trying to figure that out if you're sitting at five and two six and one seven and or in the opposite direction trying to work your way into the playoffs where's somewhere you can go to get some
2: help Well, you want to head to footballdiehards.com and get the Flash Update Pro, a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and more. These are the tools that help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. So head to Fantasy Football Diehards right now and get the Flash Update Pro. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. All right, let's
1: talk about some of our rankings. Uh, We're going to keep rolling in the format uh, that we have been. We just kind of give our top 12, uh, and since I've let you go first every week, why not just keep that that same streak rolling? So give us your top 12 quarterbacks for week eight.
2: All right. Well, only two uh, teams on a bye this week, the Raiders and the Ravens, so – uh, a little bit more full uh 12 for me is daniel jones it hasn't really seemed to matter he doesn't have receivers he's out there running he catches passes when need to he's having a pretty good season for fantasy number 11 ryan Tannehill for the titans they're seemingly getting that passing game going with a.j brown which is great number 10 aaron Rodgers for the packers i've him down a little bit because they're going against the cardinals tomorrow night and he has no receivers number nine joe burrow for the Bengals. Uh, Has been rock solid. Number eight, Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. He's down a little bit because they're playing tomorrow night against the Packers. I think that's going to be a little bit of a closer matchup. Number seven, Jalen Hurts. He may not be the guy you want leading your NFL team, but for your fantasy team, it's just fine. Number six, Justin Herbert for the Chargers. I'm expecting a bounce back game against the Patriots. Number five, the ageless Tom Brady for the Buccaneers. Number four, Matthew Stafford and the Rams, who are playing the Texans. Number three, Dak Prescott, the Cowboys. They're going to come back strong. They're at home. uh, Or they're on Sunday night football against the Vikings. Not the defense that scares me. Number two, Patrick Mahomes, hoping he bounces back big from last week's embarrassment. And number one, Josh Allen. All right. So at number 12 for me,
1: I have Matt Ryan going up against the Panthers. 11, Dak Prescott press spot, Dak Prescott Sunday night against Minnesota Minnesota's defense has actually been pretty good I, I think this is actually going to be a really good game don't know that he goes off in this one 10 Aaron Rodgers going up against Arizona as you mentioned being down not just Devonte Adams but Allen Lazard as well Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers he's going to play good but that that's kind of tough to overcome nine I have Ryan Tannehill going up against Indy eight Jalen Hurts going up against Detroit. Seven, Joe Burrow going up against the New York Jets. At six, I have Justin Herbert going up against New England. Four, I'm sorry, five, I have Kyler Murray going up against Green Bay. little worried, too, about DeAndre Hopkins possibly missing this game. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Now, he almost never misses games, game, so he's probably going to play. But but him being out, I think, hurts just a little bit here. Uh, At uh, four, I have Matt Stafford going up against the Texans. Three, Tom Brady going up against the New Orleans Saints. Two, Patrick Mahomes going up against the Giants. And number one for me as well is Josh Allen going up against the Miami Dolphins.
2: All right, so for running backs, uh, 12 for me, Aaron Jones against the Packers. 11, James Robinson, the only Jaguar that I feel great about. Number 10, Joe Mixon for the Bengals. Uh, Number 9, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. They are playing the Titans this week. It's a pretty huge game for the Colts. Uh, Number 8, DeAndre Swift for the Lions. Uh, 7, Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys. 6, it looks like he's going to come back to play. Nick Chubb for the Browns. They really – they definitely. They definitely need them. No, no need to tell no, you do. that. Number five, Austin Eckler for the Chargers. Uh, number four, Dalvin Cook, Vikings. He said he's back to feeling healthy, the bye week kid at the right time for him. That is bad news for opposing defenses. Uh, number three, Alvin Kamara for the Saints. Number two, Najee Harris for the Steelers. And number one, uh, Derek Henry, who just seems otherworldly. Let's pray for the Colts defense right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've uh, our rankings
1: are a little bit different here on this one. So at 12, I have Joe Mixon going up against the Jets at 11. I have Nick Chubb. Uh, I'm curious as if they're going to put him in a bunch. Dearness looked really good last week. They definitely need him back. But Pittsburgh's also got a pretty good rush defense at 10. I have James Robinson. Uh, Nine. I have Alvin Kamara. Eight. Jonathan Taylor. Seven. Austin Eckler. Six. Najee Harris. Five, Aaron Jones. Four, DeAndre Swift. Three, Dalvin Cook. Two, Ezekiel Elliott, because I think they're going to lean on him more than Dak. And then number one is Derrick Henry.
2: I'm waiting for Dak's 500-yard game, and we'll revisit this and It's probably
1: going to happen. It's, it's definitely going to happen. <sighs>
2: Wide receivers, uh, there's a lot of wide receivers I kind of like, but none that I felt, inc- there are only a handful I felt incredibly strong about being wide receiver once, so this should be interesting. I'm, I'm curious uh, to
1: see if, if we have the same one or not. So,
2: Number 12, Deontay Johnson of the Steelers. Um, Claypool's still a little banged up, and it just feels like it's Deontay and Najee and... Everybody else is crying. Number 11, Mike Evans, Buccaneers. Uh, number 10, C.D. Lamb for the Cowboys. Number nine, Terry McLaren for Washington. Number eight, Debo Samuel for the 49ers. Number seven, A.J. Brown. He has looked really good. Uh, maybe food poisoning agrees with him. Uh, number six, Mike Williams for the Chargers. Number five, Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. Number four, Jamar Chase for the Bengals. Three, Stephon Diggs for the Bills. Two, Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs. And number one, Little Cooper Cup, only because Devontae Adams went and got himself COVID.
1: All right, so we do not have the same one. Cooper Cup is in my top three, though. At number 12, I have Deontay Johnson as well. 11, I have Justin Jefferson. Ten, I have Terry McLaurin going up against Denver at nine. D.J. Moore, hoping he bounces back a little bit here. Eight, Adam Thielen going up against Dallas. Seven, Debo Samuel. He's just been absolutely ridiculous all season long. Number six, Calvin Ridley going up against Carolina. Five, Tyreek Hill. No, he's dealing with the injury, but struggle. I mean, he still got nine points last week. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to bounce back. A.J. Brown has been on a tear the past couple weeks. I think that continues. I have him at four. Cooper Cup I have at three going up against Houston. My biggest fear with him is I don't know that the Rams will continue passing once they probably score like 28 points in the first quarter and that they might just start running the ball a little bit. Uh, Uh, Tyrod's back, though. Yeah, that doesn't worry me that much. I I think that they're going to get up pretty early. Uh, I think Cup's going to have a huge game, but I I don't know that he continues doing it. Chase, I have it, two. I, I mean, dude's just been phenomenal. And one, I have Steph. On Digs, I think it's it's Digs week to kind of return back to the spotlight. He's been okay for the so far this season; hasn't had that really big week. I think it happens this week against Miami.
2: All right, tight end, what a lovely position! Number twelve, what? Ricky Seals Jones for Washington. Uh, number eleven, Zach Ertz for the Cardinals. I think he could be in for another good week. Hopkins a little bit banged up. I think they spread the ball around. Number ten, Robert Tanyan, Packers. If not now, when? Uh, Number nine, Hunter Henry for the Patriots. Uh, Eight, Dallas Goddard for the Eagles. Seven, Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. Six, Noah Fant for the Broncos. Five, Rob Gronkowski for the Buccaneers. Four, Mike Gusecki for the Dolphins. Three, Kyle Pitts for the Falcons. Two, TJ Hawkinson for the Lions. And number one, Travis Kepsey.
1: All right. So for me at 12, I have Robert Tunyon. At 11, I have Evan Ingram. Uh, sorry, I was texting somebody. 10, Dallas Goddard at 9. I'm back in on Tyler Higby, baby. 8, Ricky Seals-Jones against Denver. 7, Noah Fant. 6, Dalton Schultz back off the bye. Dude's been phenomenal all year long. 500, Henry. I mean, he's been getting touchdowns and been targeted a lot here for New England. John Smith dealing with a little bit of an injury. I think he's the tight end one now to own in New England. 4, Mike Sicki. He's been on a tear. I know Buffalo's defense is good, but he's just not been able to be stopped. Three, Kyle Pitts continuing his run for the best season ever as a tight end. I'm going with Travis Kelsey at two this week. Uh-huh. TJ Hawkinson, I've got at one going up against Philly. They've been horrible against tight ends all season long. I think he's in for a big week.
2: I still think the most surprising thing in there from you is that you're the last true Evan Ingram believer.
1: You know... It's just one of those things where I'm not really big on any of these other guys. Don't know that Rob Gronkowski's coming back. You know, Mo Cox. I think you're relying on a touchdown. Same with Zach Ertz, and I think this is going to be a really tough game. I thought about Dan Arnold, but at the end of the day, just decided to go Evan Ingram.
2: Well, if you're hungry for a big win this week, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you'll win $200 in free bets. It's just that simple. If sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Sports Contests and DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: All right, let's talk about this Thursday night football game, which, you know, at least uh, Monday morning looked like it was going to be a really great matchup. I still think it's going to be a good game, but not having the best wide receiver in the game in there, it it does kind of take the luster off a little bit.
2: Doesn't you remind you of it? I think it was a Thursday game last year when Green Bay was playing San Francisco. And like San Francisco, COVID took all their running backs. And for Green Bay, it took all their wide receivers. And we were like, if you put these teams together, you actually have an NFL team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, On the Packers side here, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard are on the COVID list. Uh, MVS possible to be activated. Jair Alexander went to the IR. He is unfortunately questionable to return this season. The Packers are thin at wide receiver. How does this change the offense?
2: I mean, I don't think it incredibly changes their offense. I think they're going to use Aaron Jones. We'll probably see maybe a little more A.J. Dillon running the ball. They may spread Jones out a little bit more. I think they really need to activate MVS and hope that he and Randall Cobb uh, can make a couple timely plays. Um, Somebody posted a stat, and I can't remember who, about uh, Robert Tanyan was something like 11 for 11 on um, receptions and targets with four touchdowns during the game to – the couple games Devontae Adams missed last season. So I think Tanyan could be a big factor here. It's a pretty important game for both teams. Um, and I just think Aaron Jones finds a way, or Aaron Rodgers finds a way.
1: I I hope so. I mean, I think he's going to be fine for fantasy because that, that is what he does. He'll, he'll make the most obscure. I mean, let's be honest. None of us were talking about Alan Lazard or MVS if it was not for Aaron Rodgers. So same thing with Robert Tunyon last year, right? And maybe this is just the big Robert Tunyon game again. I think he's going to lean heavily on Aaron Jones. I think we're going to see a ton of AJ Dillon. Randall Cobb might end up having a really good game, but they will find a way to put up points. You know, we, I've, I've talked a lot about it because they got blown out in that first game against the Saints. Rarely do we see the Packers really kind of just get destroyed multiple times a season. Usually they have like that one really bad game, and then the rest of the season they're really good. I think that happened in week one. They'll find a way to challenge this Arizona Cardinals uh, defense here. For the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins is questionable, as is J.J. Watt. The Cardinals are the last unbeaten team in the NFL. What do they have to do to keep it that way?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they have to play good defense uh, and they have to find a way to score points. They're the only undefeated team. They're at home. They should be rightly favored. Um, They've got a good squad, but this is probably one of the bigger tests. They did really well the last time they faced a big test when they went to play the Rams. Uh, If they can keep passing these tests, that's that's what they need if they want to stay their goal doesn't appear to be making the playoffs. It seems to be being a championship contender. These are the kind of games you need to come up with a way to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of the better opponents in the NFC, a team you're likely looking at possibly a rematch in the playoffs because of how good both these teams look. And the Packers, even with Jair Alexander being out, have one of the better defenses. So I still think they're going to challenge the Cardinals in this one. They're just going to need Kyler Murray to continue to play well. He's, he's not made mistakes and, and even more interesting, he really hasn't been running that much it, which I think is good for him and his health. Talked a lot about that earlier this year, that if he could limit himself running and getting hurt, this team had all the upside in the world. And so far they're showing it by being undefeated. So the big question comes down to Matt, do they stay undefeated?
2: I'm picking the Packers.
1: Interesting. i I'm going to go Cardinals. I I hope I'm wrong, and I really think there's a chance that I will be because this just seems like one of those games where Aaron Rodgers turns into Superman and and ends up getting it done. But I think the fact that Adams and Lazard are out is just going to be a tad bit too much on that final drive when Aaron Rodgers needs Devontae Adams to make that one big play like he always does. He's not there, and I think the Cardinals are able to get away with the victory. I, I I hope I'm wrong because I love the Packers I love Rodgers and I love Adams he's not going to be playing unfortunately so I think the Cardinals squeak out a win here like a two point win Packers drive late end up not getting that field goal so I'll take the Cardinals alright so that will do it for us today Matt and myself will be back on Friday to recap this game and preview the rest of the week 8 NFL slate so wait 8 or 7? 8 it week seven? yeah eight. No, it is golly a I'm all messed up today it's right, Halloween, will, yeah, friend. I know it is Halloween. I cannot wait. A lot of very, hey, a lot of crazy things could happen this Sunday on Halloween. So everybody enjoy the Thursday night football game and the next couple days, and we will see you guys again on Friday.
0: Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the already. ready. It is hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me. God, leave. Oh, they tackle like the a 40 year Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs>